everyone. This is part two of Philippians chapter one. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives podcast. I am your host, Amy Diane Ross, wife, mother, Bible teacher, who's passionate to disciple women through life using the Word of God. On this podcast, we will use the Bible to discuss topics that we all face from emotional and mental struggles, married life, single life, physical health, and everything in between. If you are ready to live in victory in every area of your life while learning the Word of God, I'm here to help. The Bible really does have all the answers for life's crazy roller coaster ride, and I'm excited that you have chose me to ride along with you. My God, upon every remembrance of you. Paul was so grateful for this church. This church was poor. They were persecuted. They, um, were dealing with false teachers. They were dealing with, they had their things that they were dealing with. But when they heard that Paul was in prison, they did not neglect to send help. They sent money. They sent resources to him. You know, prison back then wasn't prison like today. It wasn't three meals a day and exercise and the television and all of that. No, you're to fend for yourself. In, in Rome, they didn't, they didn't feel like because you're a prisoner, they somehow were obligated to feed you or clothe you. They didn't have an obligation to do anything for you. They didn't care. And so you needed people on the outside to give money or bring you food or bring you clothes or bring you whatever. That was, and, and that was the responsibility of the church. It was something that Jesus said when, you know, when you have come and when you go and visit a prison, a, a prisoner, when you feed the hungry, when you clothe the naked, if you've done it for them, you've done it to me. You've done it for me. Remember, they're like, well, when have we seen you in prison? When have we seen you naked? Lord, when have we seen you start? You know, and he's saying, when my people, remember, we're an extension of Christ. We're the body of Christ. So when Paul's in prison and he's naked and he's um, hungry and he's whatever, here's the church of Philippi supplying for a brother in Christ that need. And who did they do that for? When they did it to Paul, they were doing it unto Christ. It's as if they fed Christ himself. It's as if they gave clothing to Christ himself. It's as if they ministered to Christ himself. It's such a beautiful depiction of the body of Christ working together for the furtherance of the gospel, the furtherance of the gospel. When you have a ministry that is sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ, when they're out there and they're laboring so that people can hear about Jesus, they're feeding their clothing, they're 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 presenting the the true Jesus, the the true Jesus of the gospel, especially nowadays, because most people are getting a different Jesus, especially in the West. You know, you need to support that ministry, support those people, you know, help them, because you're doing it unto Christ when you do that. And so he's thankful for this church. This church has blessed him immensely. Um, and he's so grateful. And you'll see that as we continue on here. Verse four, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Remember we talked about how he uses this term at least 12 times, whether he's using it in the noun as in joy or the verb rejoicing. It's uh, uh, 
you know, a beautiful thing. I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of give you guys a few, um, things about joy here, uh, real quick. So I'm going to give you six things about joy. Joy is not a feeling, but let's just go through them. Joy is a gift from God. It is literally a gift to, to his people. He did, he gave us the gift of salvation. He has gave us the gift of grace, but he has given you and I the gift of joy. This comes from the Lord. It's truly a gift for us to have. God grants joy to believers. There, it says here in John 15, 11, these things I speak to you. This is Jesus talking that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. So here's Jesus saying, I, I have this joy. Jesus was content in all things. He was doing the perfect will of the father. He knew his assignment. He knew his assignment to put on a human tent, to be God and put on a human tent and count that all joy, to lay aside glory for a moment, right? To submit him, his will, his desires, himself, and even some of his, his um, power submitted completely to the father, completely to the father. What joy he had, perfect contentment in that, in doing that for you and for me. He says, I want you guys to have that kind of joy that no matter what, you are full of this joy. Joy is um, produced by the Holy Spirit. We know this um, according to the fruit of the spirit, according to uh uh, uh, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It's an evidence of our salvation. Remember when he's talking about the evidence of the, of, of your salvation is the fruits of the spirit are, are they're in you. There is this bouquet that, that is a fragrance that comes out of you. It's action fruit. It's, it's a producing of action. You know, fruit, the fruit is not just, um, the fruit is not, you know, just something we say like, oh yeah, I'm faithful. Faithful, faithfulness is an action. If you're faithful, then that will be backed up by action. So fruit of joy is backed up by action. That's backed up by action. And we're going to get into that more. Um, joy is most fully experienced when we obey God and obey his word. Jeremiah 15, 16, when he ate God's word, he says, he experienced that's when he experienced that joy because he was made complete in joy to, to eat of God's word, to experience God's word, to walk in God's word, to, to walk in obedience to God's word will bring us joy. You guys, this is how we're going to experience joy. It's a gift from God. It's Christ, you know, says, I, I'm, I want you to have my joy. So he's made that possible through the death, burial, and resurrection, right? Through his the finished work of the cross. Father sent the Holy Spirit who now dwells inside of us as a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's one of the gifts, right? It's the Holy Spirit produces that joy in us. It's truly supernatural. Um, joy, like I said, joy becomes a reality when, when we're obedient to the word of God. We're going to find that joy, that gift. Also, joy is fully experienced in trials and tribulations. This is how we know if we have true joy, true biblical joy versus just, uh, I'm content. Well, yeah, I mean, 
you know, all your bills are paid and you got food on your back and clothing and everything around you is going great and you feel really good and life is good and everything's good. Well, what you may have is happiness, but do you have real joy? Because joy, we'll know if you have joy when trials and tribulations come, when your fruit is pressed, when all hell is breaking loose, when you've had deep loss, when you've had deep pain, do you count that all joy? Like Paul says, count it all joy when you fire yourself, you know, in these various trials. I actually think that was James who said that part, but Paul also talks about the joy in trials and tribulations in Corinthians about being content in all things, whether he's abased, whether he's abundant, whether he's, you know, whipped and beaten or whether he's in prison or he's free. He counted it all joy. It was all contentment for him. He was content or joy in all of those things. And so joy is most fully realized and fully expressed in times of trials and tribulations. That is when you know if you have biblical joy or not, because happiness is a feeling and happiness can come and go every hour on the hour, right? I'm at, today I'm at the amusement park and I'm doing what I love and I'm having a great time and I'm so happy and I'm with people and I'm eating hot dogs or whatever. And oh, I'm so happy, you know, but then tomorrow there's nothing to do and it's raining and it's gloomy outside and I don't feel real well. I, you know, I kind of fatigued and maybe I got a sore throat from screaming on the roller coasters. I don't know. And so now I'm not, I'm not as happy. I'm just not happy. I feel more like, nah. yeah, that's happiness. Happiness comes and goes with the feelings. It's like a wave, just whatever. But joy is a constant contentment, no matter what your circumstances. I have joy in my salvation in the Lord whether I'm on a roller coaster, having a great time, which I don't ride roller coasters anymore. I can't because of motion sickness. I haven't been to a music park in decades. But I'm also, when everything's falling apart and I feel like I'm losing everything I loved, everything that I held dear, I still have joy because my joy is not in my circumstances. My joy is not in my feelings. My joy is in the salvation of the Lord and who he is and who I am in him now. And that grows. I mean, that just really, that, that deep contentment, that, that biblical, biblical free gift of joy grows in you as you draw closer to the Lord. And as you understand him more through the scriptures, that's why joy also comes through knowing and obeying the word of God, because the more we understand who God is and who we are in him, the more that joy can be that constant in you and it can't be robbed as easily. And we're going to talk about things that rob your joy as well. So our joy also is complete and full when we keep our minds focused on heaven and heavenly things. Again, when we focus on this earth and we focus on earthly things, it'll, it'll steal your joy. It'll try to, if you let it, but if we stay focused on eternal, on our eternal salvation, our eternal place at the right hand with the Father in Jesus Christ, if we stay focused on the inheritance that awaits us, 
the eternity that awaits us, that we'll be rejoicing with the Lord for all of eternity. If we stay focused on uh, doing his work and his will, our joy is made complete in that. This is why Paul tells us, keep your mind on heavenly things, not on this earthly stuff. This stuff will keep you all bound and messed up. I don't watch the news. I know very little about what's going on in the news. I'm telling you, it's it's so negative, right? And then even, you know, some of the stuff I do here, it's like, I mean, the sky is falling every day, you know? Every day the banks are going to collapse. Every day the market, housing market's going to collapse. Every day we're going to have to do this and that. Every day, you know, it's like they just keep moving the timeline just to keep you in perpetual fear or perpetual worry or perpetual working, worrying about what's going on in the earth. That is from the devil. I am not worried about what is going on, what Satan is doing here. I know enough to know what to pray for. I know enough that I can um, help people, you know, but where I, where my mind stays and where it needs to stay is right here in the word of God. The word of God tells me everything I need to know about what's going on in this earth. What's going on, what the devil is doing. We know what he's doing, right? What the false teachers are doing, the deceptions that they're doing. Me being in the word, I can spot that a mile away. I stay I stay with my mind focused on the word of God, focused on the heavenly things, focused on the return of Jesus Christ, focused on souls that need saved, focused on the harvest. I'm focused on the harvest. I'm focused on discipleship. I'm focused on helping my brothers and sisters grow and mature in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm focused on um, helping them and spurring their gifts on. I'm focused on the things of God. And so my joy stays constant, stays consistent, stays level. I don't, I'm not walking around like a bipolar up and down by every emotion. I'm not being tossed by every wind of doctrine. I'm not being thrown around by every new conspiracy theory or every new timeline that comes out. Because at the end of the day, this is not my home. I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm just here as an ambassador. I'm here to represent another kingdom. This is not my home. Right. So I'm here to do a job. And so I got to stay focused on that job. I got to keep my head down and stay focused on that job. I'm not here to build my own kingdom. I'm not here to, you know, live my best life now. I'm not here for any of those things. I'm here as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He saved me and separated me from the world. He saved me and separated me from my sin. So I could be positionally holy, gave me the Holy Spirit, power that I need to continue to stay here. The sanctifying power, but he kept me here. He could have just taken me home. He could have taken you home. But why did he leave you here? Because I'm going to be growing into glory, into the image of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. He is, he is growing me and maturing me through this journey. And in this journey, I have a job to do. He has given me specific instructions, specific gifts, specific calling for you. And you have specific gifts and a specific calling for me for your local body and so we need to get in on it. we need to we need to get up we need to get on it is what we need to do we need to get to work we become a very lukewarm complacent professing christians and we are not holding our ourselves to a biblical worldview and to a biblical standard of what it means to be the church what it means to be the bride of christ what it means to be a saint of god and paul 
and that's why it's so important that as, as we study and we go through here that we're reflecting our lives up against the word of God, not our feelings, not our emotions, not what sister so-and-so is doing or brother hoo-ha. It's not about them. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about him. Worry about my life reflected to the word of God. And I want my life to reflect the word of God. And so do I do it perfectly? No, but I'm trying. I'm get. I continue to stay on the horse. I get knocked off the horse. I get right back on the horse. I get knocked off the horse. I get back on the horse. I got to keep going. We can't stop. That's where your joy will get stolen. If you allow the enemy to stop you from doing what you're called to do, you, that's how we will lose our joy. All right. Verse five, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So he's saying, listen, you guys have been on it. Praise God. They have great fellowship. They are fellowship in the Lord. They, they're just a wonderful, wonderful church. He, he really loves this, this, this church in Philippi. Um, verse six. All right. Being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love this verse. Now, I don't believe in scripture plucking and taking one verse out and then teaching a whole theology on it. But this verse backs up hundreds of other verses in the word of God, that Christ is going to get us to the finish line, that the Holy Spirit's going to get us to the finish line, that the father called us from the foundation of the earth. He chose us and he knew what he was getting when he got us. And he's going to get us in, in the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the one God working as three separate persons, all have a unique role in our salvation. And each one is not going to drop the ball. If you have not, I highly recommend going and watching my Romans 8 uh, teaching on this, um, how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three have a unique uh, role in our salvation and how each one is going to make sure that we get to that finish line, that our salvation is complete in them, right? In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love this. But here's Paul. He's saying, here it is. He goes, listen, I'm confident. He goes, this, he goes I am fully assured. He is fully assured fully confident. Have you ever been fully confident in something? Like I just know in my knower, right? Knowing my knower, our, our Dilly Boo says that in our ministry. He says he knows in his knower, you know, Paul knew in his knower that he could be confident in this, that he who began the work, Christ, who begun the work in you, who begun the work in you, Christ did. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they chose, Father chose you from the foundation of the earth. Jesus died on the cross to justify you, to make you positionally holy before God, to make you right before God, to make you legally right standing before God. So he begun this work in you. Holy Spirit comes, makes a home in you, seals you. They completed this work in you. The salvation, they did that, or they begun it. I'm sorry, they begun that work in you. So guess what? It's their job to complete it. It was a good work and it will complete until the day of Jesus Christ, till Jesus comes back and gets you, whether he requires your soul or he comes back and, and catches us all up at the, at the last days. Either way, you're going to, it's going to be complete. You're going to finish this race. Holy Spirit's job is to get you to the glorification, to get you glorified. Go read Romans eight. Go, go look at my, go watch my teaching all the, I think I have like three different teachings on Romans eight. Amazing. 
amazing what God has done for you and for me, right? Jesus says what in John chapter six, he says, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lose anyone. It's my job, right? It's my job. What's he say here? He says, for I've come down from heaven. I'm in John. Um, here, I'll do this. John chapter six, verse 37. All that the father gives me will come to me. Okay. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You're a gift from the father to the son. So Jesus says, I'm not going to cast you out. I got to make sure to get you to the finish line. You're a gift for me. All of eternity, you're my bride. He says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So here's Jesus. He goes, I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to submit my will to the will of the father. And then he goes on to tell you what the will of the father is. This is the will of the father who sent me. Are you ready? That of all that he has given me, the gifts that he gave me, which is you, you are a gift. I should lose nothing. Jesus isn't going to lose you in the middle of the race. He's not going to let you go in the middle of the race. He says, I should lose nothing, but I shall raise you up in the last day. That's why Paul could be so confident that he who began the good work will be faithful to complete it in the end, right? And then he goes on to say in John 10, he says, listen, he goes, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Listen, he's our good shepherd. We know the voice of Christ. If you're truly born again and you're truly his, I mean, take the test, make sure you're truly his. Don't be deceived like I was for a long, long time thinking I was following Jesus, but I was following a different Jesus and I was not truly born again. But if you're truly born again, he says, listen, in verse so I'm, uh, uh, chapter 10, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. 28, and I give them eternal life. You've been given eternal life already and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father, here we go again, who has given them to me. Remember, you're a gift by the father to the son. Is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand and I and the father are one. Dear saint, you're in the palm of the creator of the universe. If you are born again, if you have repented of your sins, put your faith in Jesus Christ with the evidence of a transformed life, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and you have a new relationship with sin. You have a new relationship with Jesus Christ. You know in your knower that you have been set apart for holiness and your life reflects that as you live and you, you've been completely transformed. You're in the palm of his hand. Jesus says, nothing and no one will snatch you out. This is why Paul can be so confident to say this to the Philippian church, to the saints that are in the Philippian church. He says, listen, being confident in everything, who has begun a good work with you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is where we can have the joy, saints. Because no matter what happens to us, no matter what this world does, no matter what the banking system does, the economic system, the socioeconomic system, no matter what our government does, no matter what our best friend does, no matter what our spouse does, our children do, the church does, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
in the, in the eternally, in the eternally. Yeah, it hurts. You know, we grieve, we go through things. It's painful, right? We, we hate seeing the sin that abounds in this world. We hate seeing children be abused. We hate those things. We hate what God hates, but it can't steal my joy because I'm confident as Paul is confident that Christ is going to get me across that finish line. It will not always be like this saints pain that you're going through, the things that you're going through, the, the things that you're seeing, the things that really tug at your heart or have you in pain right now. It's temporal. This world is temporal. It is passing away. And we have a hope and a future in eternity with our Lord and our Savior. He's going to get us there. It will not always be like this. It will not always be like this. Death and dying and pain and, and heartache and all the things that you're facing and I'm facing. Maybe you're facing trials and tribulations and persecutions for your faith. Maybe you're facing a sickness or an illness that's just got you so depleted and you're not able to be what you want to be or do what you thought you were here to do. Pray God heals you. I pray he touches you with his virtue of healing. I do. But if he doesn't, count it all joy and know that he has a plan and a purpose for you. Pray and just continue to count it all joy when you're going through these various trials and tribulations. This is why we can count it all joy. Because this isn't our home here and we're leaving and we're going to be an attorney with free from sin, free completely from um, sickness, free from grief and loss, from death and destruction, free from whatever the government's trying to do and wherever they're trying to do it. We're free, but you're free now in him when you keep your mind just focused on that which is in heaven and knowing that Christ is coming back for us. He's coming back, whether he comes back today or he comes back a hundred years from now, he's coming back and he's going, we're not leaving the palm of his hand and that everything we're going through, he knows, he knows what we're going through. He is right there with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's walking with us along the way. He's comforting us through his Holy spirit. He is guiding us, teaching us. He is right there with you. He's right there with you. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much. I pray you enjoyed the teaching today. If God has blessed you in any way, then head over to the review section and leave five stars. I may just share your review right here on this podcast. Also, share this episode with anyone you believe will be blessed by today's teachings. If you want to connect with me and be a part of an amazing sisterhood of believers, then head over to our Facebook group. The link and all other links that I mentioned in this show today are in the show notes below. Just click on them and they'll take you where you want to go. As a reminder, be the church today, wherever God has you, shining the light and the love of Jesus. Y'all mean the world to me. Until next time.